0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 12 of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's sweeping... The nation. Well, I guess it's on sweeping the nation. I'm not doing these enough. Uh, We're down to about once a week here on the One Man's Opinion podcast. Obviously, during the quarantine time, it's hard to get the proper producers, um, engineers, everything else uh, available to record these. But uh, I'm going to try to pump out a bunch here as we approach the 2020 NFL draft. Now that we know for sure that the draft will be held April 23rd through the 25th it's a virtual draft all that today i'm going to be talking about my nfl quarterback nfl draft quarterback rankings also going to go into uh how to evaluate the position of quarterback i know a little something about it played it played the position my whole life played football my whole life um have had a real good track record as well as uh ranking um projecting uh evaluating quarterbacks when it gets to the college level into the NFL. Um one of the definitely one of my strengths over the years. So we'll talk about that on the show today. I'll go through my process. I'll unveil my top 10 rankings um and we'll have some fun along the way. Appreciate you guys downloading it. Hopefully you subscribe, you comment, you give it some stars, whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, tuned in or wherever, uh, let me know what you think of it, if there are topics you want me to tackle. I think at this point, you realize uh, I'm going to be solo today. I've brought on guys like Tommy G, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Bob Harris in the past. I'll continue to get some of the guests. So if there are guests you want me to get, by all means, I'm going to do a couple of these solo, though. I like to do solo every now and then. Just because there's a lot of information, I want to jam into these pods. And I want to make sure we get to it all. But if there's questions and topics, uh, I'll be getting into for sure. I got a lot of stories to tell from the youth, stories from um, growing up, stories from my sports career, uh, sports playing days, the fantasy sports industry, all of that. And as you know, everything's on the table. I think Bob Harris and I, with uh, episode 11, I'm sorry, made that perfectly clear to everybody that. Uh, but we are not going to shy away from anything, so uh there you go uh, what was it football drugs rock and roll uh, we talked about we got into depression and things like that so we 're in the middle of quarantine, hopefully you guys are staying safe doing what you got to do. listen, this is not fun for anybody i now uh, I know eleven. People with, uh, I'm sorry, 12 people now with the COVID-19 virus or who have had COVID-19. And the first person that I knew um, have pat- that got COVID-19 has indeed passed away. One of the first ones um, that is a great, very, very good friend of my sister's husband passed away from the virus. This is no joke. You know, it, I get it. If it's not affecting you, then you think, oh, it's okay. They're overblown it in the media, all that good shit. And that, you know, they probably are. Let's face it. They're probably overblown it in the media. But at the same time, uh, people are passing away. People are getting violently sick. We've had a couple of our staff members here at Elite Sports. I won't reveal their medical history to you or who they are, but we've had two people test positive for the virus. As a matter of fact, I'm fortunate thus far not to be one of them. I've had uh, a family member, now have been diagnosed back in Illinois as well. So, you know, hopefully you guys are staying safe. Do what you need to do. And that's sort of uh, a topic I want to tackle today. Uh, do what you need to do. Check the boxes when you need to and uh, make it count. That's something I, I want to start out the show talking about today. By the way, you could find my work at fantasyguru.com. If you, I am in the middle of, and hopefully by the time this time it, this uh, launches, right, that we should do a, um, I will have, I-, I-, I hope to have posted at fantasyguru.com the most in depth. NFL draft article that will ever have been published. That's what I believe. And is it going to be the most words you've ever read? Absolutely not. It's not going to be that many words, but it's going to break down essentially the last five years in very nicely and very succinctly break down what teams are doing, what general managers are doing, what coaches are interested in obtaining what positions are being drafted? Where those kinds of things? Hope to have that by the end of this week. So if you're listening to this later in the week, uh, the week of April 13th, then uh, you're good to go. You know, anywhere uh, around Thursday, Friday of this week, I should have that up. FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com for all things daily fantasy sports, elite sports betting. If you want to get in, play poker with us. Ted Schuster and I are absolutely just crushing the competition. We are tired of beating up on the staff at Elite Sports now. We want to beat up on you, the listeners, the subscribers. So if you want to get in, Ted's been organizing these poker games. It doesn't cost anything. If you have a VIP membership at Elite Sports Betting or, or any of our sites, you can get in our poker club that's completely free. And, again, sometimes we play for money. Sometimes we just play for pride or play money, as they call it. Either way. So uh, there you go. Uh, EliteSportsBetting.com, all things horse racing, eSports, everything else over there, including ways to bet on the NFL draft. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S-D, Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. And, of course, if you want, real quick, one minute, technically about 56 seconds of player analysis Head to my TikTok, uh, the app. It is the best social media app going out there. Follow me, the Jeff Mans, the Jeff Mans, all one word on TikTok. I'll tell you why TikTok's the best thing going today. Um, a lot of you are aware of my Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, a lot of followers, and I, I still love Twitter. I love the idea of Twitter. I love interacting with all of you. I love interacting with my coworkers. I love interacting with celebrities or whoever comes across. When we have similar interests, I love interacting with people. Why I have uh, gravitated towards broadcasting in my career. And, but what I don't like is what's become of Facebook and Twitter. And it's propaganda. It's being sold on bullshit. The amount of bullshit on Twitter these days in my own industry, which is sports and fantasy sports, it's really out of control. The The amount of people posturing and lying and misrepresenting both themselves and information, it's, it's, turns, it's turned me off. And I try to think sometimes, you know, I started doing Twitter in 2009. Facebook was like 05 or 06. I'm trying to think, did I really like it? Back then, I th- I want to feel like it was different, but I'm not sure if I've just got old and curmudgeonly now or if it's just bad. It's a success pool. And case in point, um, Tua Tagliavola is the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? The um, – Tua is a lightning rod of a prospect. He's beloved by folks from Alabama. He's beloved. You either love him or hate him, really. now nobody hates Tua. That's not fair. Even and I spoke negatively about Tua a couple days ago on my Sirius XM show, which by the way, you could still listen to 3 to 5 PM Eastern Time. It's called Elite Sports on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio sirius 210 XM 87. And I talked negatively. I I said I watched his pro day, watched his workout with Trent Dilfer uh, earlier over the weekend or actually last week. And I I did say the word. I was embarrassed. I don't understand why this guy is a top two pick. Don't see it. I can't get away from it. I, I don't know what else to do. And I talked a little bit about that. And, of course, they posted at SiriusXM Fantasy a uh, soundbite, which you guys could go here. It's totally free um, on the SiriusXM Fantasy Twitter feed. Two minutes of me talking about how embarrassed it was to watch him, how he holds his palm underneath the football. The spin is weird when it comes out of his hand. He doesn't have a lot of arm strength. And the fact that he's a lefty quarterback, that he'll be, it'll be an uphill battle for him in the National Football League, all of which is exactly true. But I got absolutely massacred on Twitter for those comments, and I don't mind being massacred. I have done it before. I should do a top five my worst tweets ever, and I'll go. Yeah, you know, I can start with the Matt Carpenter from baseball tweet when I said he took too much uh, parental leave when his wife had a baby, and I nearly got fired from SiriusXM, I was ostracized. I was, you know, they hardball talk and NBC and all these places picked up the tweet and ran with it and was calling me an idiot. And I was anti-women and anti-family and anti all this other bullshit, which is all just not true, obviously. But here's my problem. I have no issue, none at all, with us disagreeing about Tua Tagliavoa. No problem with it, okay? So the problem I have is when all you'd want to do in reaction to my supposed negative thoughts, and I'm going to tell you where I have Tua on my quarterback prospect rankings today on this show, so stay tuned here for that. Um, It's not that bad. Like, I don't hate the guy. At all, I like him. Personality-wise, I think he's very similar to Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Right? And in Kyler Murray, um, people say, oh, you're wrong on him. No, I wasn't. But I I wasn't wrong at all. He's better. He did better than I thought he would, but not by very much. And he hasn't been a difference maker yet. Now, going into this year, I think Kyler Murray set up in a a very positive way. And I think he's going to have a very good year. So I am on the train now. I think so many of you want to, whatever statement I make, it's, it's, how many podcasts ago? Oh, episode six of One Man's Opinion. Go listen to that. That didn't age well. You guys, uh, you want to catch somebody saying something wrong and act like that's the rest of their life. Well, fuck you, because it's not the rest of my life. I, my opinion on players will change. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself quite honestly, just go fuck, go right in the mirror and fuck yourself in the full-length mirror because my opinion will change. If you're an asshole that, whose opinion is – you form an opinion on a player, a person, whatever, um, and it doesn't change, you're probably a bigot. You probably are the kind of people that don't like certain races, colors, creeds, uh, ethnicity, uh, whatever it is, uh, a social class or – whatever. That's what you, that's what those people are like to me. That's what I hear all this time. You think somebody's just, you make one statement, that's who you are for the rest of your life. That I, I don't subscribe to that bullshit. And hopefully you guys are smarter than that as well. Hopefully you're And, you, and by the way, it's okay to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong on certain players. Sometimes I'm giving analysis on players that, damn, I would root for and I'd buy a Jersey for, and I'd have my son buy a Jersey for, you know, in, in a heartbeat, but I can't sit here. My job is to give you analysis. And that, that's what I want to talk about here too. For one, nobody responded to my soundbite from Sirius XM with anything constructive, with any thought not one point was made in hundreds and hundreds of different comments and responses. Did I get somebody arguing actual points? Well, you know what? You're wrong. Footwork is very good before the hip injury. I, I think he will be better at this. He, he throws this out route very well, but he throws it to the left side, so on and so forth. You didn't give reasoning why you like him. Why? Because you're all fucking sheep. You're just sheep. You like him because you went to Alabama. I clicked on every one of your profile. I do that every time you – every time. I want to know what I'm dealing with, and I see Roll Tide hashtag. You're not real. You're just – you can't defend everybody that's worn a Crimson Tide jersey. That's bullshit. You can't like every single guy, all right? And by the way, every player from Alabama doesn't move on to become – an all pro in the National Football League. And my job is to identify talent both on the high and where they're drafted first overall and you know, Mr. Uh, uh, irrelevant, the last pick of the NFL draft, and undrafted free agents. I'm I have to evaluate my job over at fantasyguru.com is to evaluate every single player. That's eligible this year. Do you know how much work that is? Do you know that when you you're to start talking about bah, uh, Elijah Sindelier, for instance, or just a random, a random player that you've probably never even heard of? I have to have an opinion on that. Why? Because somebody – I do live radio every day. Somebody's going to call me and say, hey, man, what do you think of uh, – what do you think of Mason fine from North Texas through? And I have to be like, Oh shit. All right. Well, what am I going to do? I'm like, no, I only want to talk about Tua and Joe burrow and Justin Herbert. No, you can't do that. I have to have an opinion on all of them. I have to watch tape on all of them. So, and so many in my industry, unfortunately take the easy way out. What they do is they, they don't form opinions. They don't do the work they Google the name, go to whatever, whether it's uh, Mel Kiper or NFL.com or the draft network, or they go wherever they have to go. They read what other people say about them, about every player. And then boom, that's their opinion. And then they, they ebb and flow. It happens all the time. And again, I'm going to talk about my hits and misses. So, I don't ever want you guys to hold back from something I'm wrong about. I I don't want you to. I want you to fire on me. I deserve it when I'm wrong. No problem. Light me on fire. You know, I would appreciate some, at least an ounce of respect, though, considering I've done this 20 years now, well, 15 years uh, at this level, and a few years before that, newspapers and things like that. I've done this a long time, and one of the things that I got written about, oh, at Jeff, at Jeff underscore, man, do any, don't give anybody a platform. No, no motherfuckers. No, I earn this shit. You know what? You know how many people – I know people on my own staff don't like me. I don't know why. They think I'm cocky or they think I suck or whatever. But you know what? You know what? A little secret. I've won my way into everything. I've won it. I've won high stakes. I've won DFS. I've won dynasty, won best ball. I've won gambling. Nobody wants me to succeed. I fight every day. And hopefully you guys can understand that a fighter, somebody who has to fight somebody, no, people don't want to see succeed. I am that guy people love. Look at that's, that's why I use the shittiest, dumbest, fucking photo of me of all time with the shades and the headphones. Do you think I think I'm cool? No, I don't think I'm cool. I know that's a douchebag you want to punch in the face. I know that. I encourage it. Bring it on. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. But let's have the debate in real world. Let's have the debate where you make a point point, I make a counterpoint, or I make a point, you make a counterpoint. Let's have a real discussion. All right. That's what we need. It's too much of the Bleh, fucking, did you look at his numbers? He was throwing 40-yard bombs in national championship games. I'm thinking that happened when he came in for Jalen Hurts three years ago. Are you really? That's your reference? If you're still hung up on that, the second half of that national championship game, I don't know what to tell you. Because Tua Teglevo has played a lot of football since then. A lot of football. So there you go. You know what I mean? I mean, that is just what it has been. And I am not at all, um, uh, I'm not at all about looking at college success and projecting NFL futures or NFL success. All right, not even a little bit. Okay. So um there you go. Um uh, don't be a sheep. That I guess that's my ultimate point. Folks, don't be a sheep. Put in the work, don't be afraid. Every single year in our draft guide at fantasyguru.com, I, I write an article, say, um, trust or watch the games or trust somebody that does. You you don't have to trust myself, then watch the games yourself or study those games yourself, do the work. So, and if you don't have time or it's too much work or whatever, that's why you trust me. That's why I have an occupation such as a fantasy sports analyst, sports analyst in general, gambling analyst, right? That's my job to do it. And my, what I owe each of you on the radio and print everywhere I go on my social media, what I owe you is doing all the work have an opinion on somebody no matter what and it's not always and i'm not following other people's advice i listen to sports sporting events without the sound why because i don't want to be i don't want what the broadcasters are trying to shove down your throat our throats which is constant they I, i've done broadcast before i've done play by play and color commentary I know what producers write. Oh, we got to talk about this. This kid, this guy's dog just passed away, or this guy's, you know, been sick for the last two days, or this guy, whatever it is. There's storylines that the broadcasters have to express. And what happens? It infiltrates our minds and we start thinking in those terms. And if the broadcasters love a player or constantly want to talk about player, it comes up to us as well. So that's the problem. I feel too many people are sheep. They like players because they like players. They dislike players because everybody dislikes players, right? So what I'm trying to say to all of you is don't be a sheep. Go look around. Do a Google search NFL draft quarterback rankings for today, okay? NFL draft rankings, and just go see – Do you notice everybody, every free site you see has the exact same fucking rankings? Exact. Why? Why are they the same? Why can't somebody feel, why why can't somebody say Lynn Bowden Jr., Bowden Jr., is going to be better than Justin Herbert? Why can't somebody, because I don't think they did the work. I really don't. I, I don't understand. You know, and their big thing is, all oh, right I have Herbert over Tua or Tua over Burrow. Or, you know, they have like the one position change, and they think that's a big deal. It's not a big deal. You're going to see on my quarterback rankings, and as we, I'm going to do one for running back, receiver, and uh, likely for tight end. I'm, probably, I'm not sure about tight ends yet. Uh, But Offensive Line is one of my favorites. I'm going to try to do as many of these podcast ranking shows as I can. I have all my rankings over at FantasyGuru.com. Go there and check them out. We have actually our consensus rankings up there as well. You can see myself, Tyler Beaker, uh, Armando Marcel, Russell Clay, all of our rankings and how we compare and contrast each other. I love my dudes. I hired each one of those guys. I love them to death. I'll be curious to see. And listen, I love them. All right, they're my they're my guys. I'll defend them to the end of the earth. And I know they do the work. But I will be looking. I wanna see who they I wanna you, you know, I wanna see that they have an opinion on, on Jacob Eason, Jamar Smith, um, Riley Neal, you know, these kind of I wanna see what the opinions are. I don't wanna see the same ten as everybody else has. I, I don't believe that if you get into a room, you know how fucking impossible it is. To get in a room with a hundred people and have them all agree. Do you know how fucking impossible? But yeah, and with sports evaluation and NFL draft content, we kind of feel like you know, we think, oh, it's it's totally natural to all have the same exact agreements. No, no freaking way, man. I, I just don't see that whatsoever. Um there you go. So um we'll talk about that today. Do the work. Don't be afraid to be on an Island. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Things will happen. Um, over the years. let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about hits and misses of my personally, uh, over the years, right? Let's, let's talk about that because I want to, uh, let's talk about some of the players I was wrong about first. The wrongs are always better than the, um, than the rights right everybody likes the wrongs better uh, my most famous miss on a quarterback ever is russell wilson did not like russell wilson coming out of wisconsin he was an nc state transfer um i i felt he was a classic college quarterback short undersized could move well but wasn't a runner Uh, Didn't really bring that element, in my opinion. Uh, Arm strength wasn't great. Didn't think throwing on the run doesn't hold up at the NFL level. He loves to throw on the run. He moved the pocket the wrong way. And by the way, so just so you guys are aware, I'm gonna go over my quarter up for this show and all these shows. I want to do some fun, uh, something fun. So I, I want you to know I don't run from anything. All my my rankings and things are always on. They're online. You can go back in the FantasyGuru.com site and search Jeff Mann's 2017 rankings, 2018 rankings, 2019 rankings, and you'll see what they are. We don't change it. Nothing. It's all the same. What I felt, how I felt about NFL draft back then, all of that good stuff, right? You can do that. No problemo. Um, I, but even on top of that, I've got folders dating back to when I worked at fantasy alarm and scout fantasy football and fighting chance fantasy everywhere I've been. Every rankings I've ever done, I have them. All my NFL drafts. So if you ever want to hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter or wherever and say, hey, man, what did you think? I'm going to go 2013. Okay. 2013 football, uh, you know, rankings. There we go. All right. NFL draft previews for, well, I got the running back position right in front of me and I could just dig it up right there. And there you go. Okay. So we got, here's a guy I really liked. I like Mon, Monty Ball, Marcus Lattimore. I loved Mar, Marcus Lattimore of South Carolina. I did absolutely love him uh, to no end. Absolutely did love him. Did not like Christian Michael. I did like Joseph Randall um, a little bit. Um, you know, what an unfortunate career he had. And Eddie Lacy was my top guy. Who of these guys kind of did have the best career of that class. Not a good class to bring up. But, I mean, again, it's all here. It's all black and white. And I'm not – nobody runs from it. I don't, I don't run from it. Some people may, do, may, but um, I'm here for it. want to stick to quarterback. So, Russell Wilson was uh, – I didn't buy into him for years. And I will tell you that very little has changed, in my opinion, for Russell Wilson. He does a lot of things wrong. Like, a lot. Right. I, again, I played the position. I know what quarterbacks should be doing, shouldn't be doing. Um, one of the things is how he escapes the pocket. Uh, Russell Wolves throwing on the run is simply never advisable for a quarterback, not regularly. Why? The reason why, see, that's another thing. Well, he does it, does it well. Eh to be accurate, whether you're a starting pitcher in major league baseball, quarterback in national football league, you need the same arm slot. You need the same footwork. You need follow through. You need velocity. You need launch angle. If you will, you need the right, everything. You need all of those boxes checked to be accurate time and time and time and time again. So when you're on the run, there's too many moving parts. There's pressure coming from different sides. There's just the, Landscape of the field, divots and grass, higher and lower. There's how your body moves when you're on the run one way or another. There's all these different elements that can impact your accuracy. And Russell Wilson does constantly throws on the run. He's also been one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the last seven years. How? I don't know. Don't know. He does it. I trust him now. He's one of my favorite fantasy quarterbacks year after year. Cause I think he's undervalued year after year. And I was in on Russell Wilson last year and it worked out very well when people were uh, they're drafting Kyler Murray ahead of him. Mm, I didn't like that. Um, again, guy who, my opinion on him changed. I'm willing to just say that's how, how he is, how he escapes the pocket folks. Why did they call it a pocket? Cause the way my, Pop Warner coach drew it up to me, man, man, this is a pocket. See my shirt pocket here? There you go. Now, how do you escape that pocket? You don't don't ever escape the pocket back going up and through because that's a bad thing. Uh, You always escape the pocket by stepping up and through the pocket. That's what you do. Step up towards your target and deliver the football. That's how it's done. Russell Wilson, go watch tape, constantly going back, backwards to escape the pocket, up and out right it's just not normal. it doesn't work for ninety nine out of every 100 quarterbacks. It's a bad idea. turning your back to coverage, turning your back to the field that's what happens a lot when you escape the pocket through um, through the back end and he does it five times a game, maybe more Don't understand it, never will, but he's very good at it, and I was wrong on Russell Wilson. I'm going to evaluate the next quarterback. And if the next quarterback does all the things Russell Wilson does, I'm going to say that 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 dude has no chance in hell of being a perennial all-pro as well. I will do the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. If they defy me, if they somehow can be the second quarterback of my entire generation, 40 years on this earth, if they could be the second guy that, is accurate as hell on the run escapes the pocket turns us back to coverage still able to win games, move his team down the field and everything God bless him I'm glad I'm wrong. if I'm able to see a once or twice or three times in a generation player at a position, I love to see it i'm I'm happy I'm excited to see it but majority of players cannot do those things now let's talk about um oh other players that I was wrong on. Uh, across the National Football League um, at the quarterback position. Um, let's see. Um, hmm. i not really – who was I wrong on? I mean, Josh Allen I'm still not into, but he won games for Buffalo. But we got to see more development out of him if they want to reach the next level. That one's still incomplete. As far as I'm concerned, let's see, I was right on Derek Carr. Even after a hot rookie season, um, even second season, Derek Carr um, is not the quarterback that so many felt he was going to be. Uh, Who else? I can't really think of many others that I – no. I mean, quarterbacks, like I said, my track record is pretty damn good when it comes to QBs long-term. Uh, I guess Kyler Murray, obviously, we might as well address that. Um, Kyler Murray is undersized. Very Russell Wilson-esque. Played in a a wide-open spread offense. Wasn't under center much. And Kingsbury coming to Arizona, they are forcing it. He's not under center now here either. Um, stunned that a quarterback, got a system at the NFL coaching staff to adapt to a system that he played in the college. It never happens. It never happens. So this is a very unique situation for Kyler Murray, but I'll tell you what they've upgraded to the protection in Arizona. They went out and got one of, if not the best receiver in the national football league in Deandre Hopkins. It's a second year quarterbacks need to stay, t- step up in year two, have to happen, has to happen. Kyler Murray's a lot of pressure. He has to perform this year. I think he does. I think what I saw Kyler Murray that I like is his ability to handle pressure, not force the ball. Young quarterbacks often force the ball, try to make a play. In college, they can loft it up and they have better receivers and all that. And chances are they come down with the ball more often than not or it falls incomplete. NFL, no, they take it and they go the other way for six. They're, the... Margin for error is nil in the National Football League. So Kyler Murray didn't show that. Very few rookies don't force the ball, throw it away, you know, try try to make something happen when it's not there. He was almost a little too passe last year. He especially was poor in the red zone where he didn't take any chances. He was scared to death to throw the football in the red zone. Why? Tighter windows. You need timing routes. You know, he was so accustomed to Oklahoma that just drop back, wait, wait, because you had a great offensive line, wait for whether it's CeeDee Lamb or Marquise Hollywood Brown, somebody go deep, and then you just launch it, and there you go. That's what he would do, right? So um, fitting it in you know, when you're on the eight-yard line and you have to go a quick slant and the safety and cornerback are converging, you have to fit it right in that window. That's a throw very few quarterbacks can make it's tough and we need to see that out of Kyler Murray in year number two now let's talk about one of the best calls I've made in the last 10 years as far as quarterbacks and that's Dak Prescott I was uh very much into Dak Prescott coming into the NFL draft and what year was that was that uh 2016 Yeah, 2016, Uh, I'll dig up my rankings uh, while I'm talking here from 2016. Um, Again, they're on the site at that time. I think I was working for Fancy Alarm at that time. So that's where my information was there. Uh, I was at the 2016 NFL draft, though. So I was talking about that and top players per position and everything else. And what do you know, um, the third quarterback on my board in 2016. Carson Wentz was first. Jared golf was second. I'll give you that. And then Dak Prescott third Dak Prescott at that time, we we're calling him Dakota right back then. Uh, we were, you know, talking about kid smaller school, Mississippi state, you know, wasn't a heavily recruited guy, was not you know very sought after in this class. When I was telling people on the dais at the draft that uh, I was in the Dakota Prescott, they're like, who the hell is Dakota Prescott? You know, I mean, who who the hell is this kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, probably undrafted free agent, whatever. Cowboys took him in the fourth round that year. Now, Ted Schuster on the Sirius XM show that year made the greatest prediction ever. When Tony Romo went down, he said Dak Prescott, Or he said Tony Romo will never take another snap for the Cowboys again. He was right. Dak took the job, ran with it, had an amazing rookie season. But again, to have him over, you know, pukes like Paxton Lynch, Christian Hackenberg, by the way, drafted ahead of him. Connor Cook was drafted ahead of him in 2016. I didn't have Dak Prescott. I thought Dak Prescott was a starter in the National Football League. Now, did I ever foresee him being as good as he's become? Not, no. Although I, I could argue that I need to see another I, I need to see another big season yardage-wise out of Dak Prescott because before he threw for 4,900 yards in 2019, I think he didn't throw for 4,000 yards each of the previous three. Okay, And 30 touchdowns is great, but he threw for 23, 22, and 22 the last three years. So I need to see a guy. I don't think Dak Prescott is a superstar quarterback. I thought he'd be, he's starting quarterback material. So he's exceeded my expectations, but again, proper analysis, how to deliver the football, capability, accuracy, arm strength, all of which played into it. Uh, and I was right on the money on Dak Prescott um, last year with Daniel Jones. People he, do you. Remember how much they hated Daniel Jones. They hated him. Oh dear God. Did they hate Daniel Jones? And I didn't like last year's quarterback class much at all. I really didn't. But, but, I did happen to like Daniel Jones as the second quarterback off the board a year ago. The Giants took him and, oh my God, NFL draft Twitter erupted with anger and vengeance and everything else but it worked out pretty well. Daniel Jones had a good year. Now, do I think he's going to be a star quarterback? I don't, I don't, I'm kind of bullish on him this year. He's got a lot of weapons in New York. And I really want the giants to take another tackle for that right side. If they do that, this offense is going to take flight in a major way. I think Daniel Jones is a good spot, but again, good analysis. Carson Wentz in that same draft class, different. It goes back for me. It goes back to Manning versus Phillip rivers. And I, I, gave you one of the greatest calls ever that Ted Schuster made. Now I'm going to tell you one of the worst calls Ted Schuster made ever. It was a 1998 or was it 97, 98 draft, whatever draft one was between Leaf and Manning. People don't remember that that was a close call. Who to take first. And Schuster and I had one of our biggest fights ever because he said – Peyton Manning can't win the big game. Oh, couldn't win a Tennessee. Couldn't win the big game. Couldn't win the big game. Oh, he's not a winner. Ryan Leaf, better arm, all this kind of stuff. Well, Peyton Manning, I said Peyton Manning's one of the biggest slam. I said it in 90. One of the biggest slam dunk quarterbacks I've ever seen. Right up there with Andrew Luck. Same elk. Just absolute new. These guys were going to be great. And uh, that was the right choice. Then uh, I just talked about it was a controversial call in 2016. Wentz versus golf. Who do you like more? Which you know, Wentz versus golf. Wentz versus golf. Golf goes first. I liked Wentz better. In 2017, uh, Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky. I'm a Trubisky truther somehow, just because I, he has not played as bad as people want to portray it. But again, I had um, Sean Watts, Deshaun Watson. And Patrick Mahomes ranked ahead of Mitch Trubisky in that draft. And I was on the dais, slamming my fist in Philadelphia, screaming into the microphone when my Chicago Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky. I was furious. I didn't think Pat Mahomes was going to be as good as he was. Some people eh, may say, well, you weren't as high on Mahomes. You're right. No, I was not that high. Love the intangibles. Liked the kid a lot. But again, I think Patrick Mahomes became a superstar by sitting back, waiting a year, learning the game of football, Andy Reid personally mentoring him, and then taking all that raw skill and developing one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. I think that's what happened. So, there are some hits and misses in recent years, at, at least as far as I am concerned and as far as my history goes. But if, by all means, if there are others, and I'm going to get to other positions here in future podcasts, everybody. But uh, I wanted to get that addressed to you. I wanted to talk about that with you. And if I told you a bad quarterback, whether it's for fantasy sake or whatever. Oh, here's one. This is a good one. Um, this is how my life seems to always work out. Um, my program director at Sirius XM, Matt Deutsch, one of my uh, favorite people on earth to be quite honest, just a good dude, um, good boss, uh, better dude in life. Right. He always makes fun of me to this day. He did it about a couple weeks ago about EJ manual. Every time I'm right on a player, he tries to throw out EJ manual, like, because according to Matt, I was high on him. Now, let's take the proper context of this conversation. And that EJ Manuel was part of the, what was it, 2013 draft class, if I'm not mistaken, 2012, 2013. Yeah, it's 2013. Okay, I had EJ Manuel as my number one quarterback in the 2013 quarterback class. I was absolutely screaming about it that i felt that that was one of the worst draft classes in quarterback history i just really believed it i i thought that uh um it was just none of those quarterbacks really wowed me all right that's the geno smith uh who else matt barkley was in that class landry jones was in that class, Mike Lennon, Tyler Bray. I'm looking it up now. Um, so yeah, those were that. I had EJ Manuel one. I said, all right, this kid is going to be, you know, ran well, scapability, you know, big, strong, good arm, powerful arm. Um, should be the first quarterback in that draft. It was controversial at the time, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Right? That's exactly how it went down, and it was a big shock to people that E.J. Manuel was the first quarterback. Now, I never liked E.J. Manuel from a fantasy perspective, though. I just knew he was going to be 16th overall by the Bills that year in the 2013 NFL Draft. I just knew that he was the best of that class. And don't confuse – remember, when you have to rank every position and every player at every position you have to have an opinion, um, that's a lot different by saying this is the best of a weak group or a weak bunch or a weak tier, that, that's different than saying, I like this guy, I endorse him for fantasy or to gamble on or future bet or something like that. These are completely different characteristics that um, you, you should be, hopefully you're digesting the proper way. But uh, yeah, EJ Manuel, I will not take a hit on EJ Manuel because I, I think I'm right on him. Matt thinks I'm wrong on him. Um, I'll let you guys decide, is that a right or a wrong? I I definitely did not recommend him for fantasy purposes whatsoever. All right, let's get to it. Um, I want to unveil my top 10 quarterbacks for the 2020 NFL draft right here. Um, should I start at 10 or one? Let's, I'll just start at the top. All right, let's, let's face it. Uh, at this point. Number one is Joe Burrow. Not a shock. Nobody's, you know, oh, Jeff, you just told us not to be a sheep and all this stuff. I'll tell you, I guarantee you my grade on Joe Burrow is much closer than most people between him and the next highest on their list. The thing I like about Joe Burrow, I believe the the job of being a quarterback, you are either – You're born to do the job. I do believe. I think quarterbacks are like leaders, right? I I just believe there are people that are born to lead other people, to show them the way. I I strongly believe I was born to be a leader. I've just never been a follower. I talk about don't be a sheep and all that. I I just, I'm going to form my own opinion. And it's got me this far and I'm going to keep going. And there's nothing wrong about being a leader or a sheep, as long as you don't pretend to be either. If you're a leader, don't be pretend to be a sheep. If you're a sheep, don't pretend to be a leader. Joe Burrow's a leader, but he's a leader that had a lot of adversity, it, specifically in his upbringing. Obviously, he talks about Southeast Ohio. I uh, did at the, I believe that was the Heisman, uh, one of the great, powerful, um, powerful speeches ever. Uh, but... Um, in his college career, you know, going to Ohio State, playing behind it. He was, you know, a very highly sought after prospect and then, you know, goes to Ohio State and, and plays behind people and gets sort of coaching staff turnover and not believing in him. So, you know, getting pulled to, to Dwayne Haskins, you know, sends to the starting role over him transferring to LSU, you know, uh, and, and all that. Had a solid season, right, 2018. But it was not much. wasn't much to him. His 2019 season, both in statistics and in, on the film, is one of the best I've ever seen. It really is. You talk about a player that played with the most confidence. Now, anybody ever play uh, Madden football? Yeah? Let me use a comparison for Madden football. Burrow's playing right now with the, uh, you know, when you're a winning team and you get those bonus overall points or whatever. I'm curious whether he could sustain that level of play. It makes me nervous, but there's absolutely nothing you can say negatively about Joe Burrow's senior season at LSU. There's just nothing. It was a great team, absolutely, no doubt, but he made them great. He really did. He's very smart. he's very aware of his surroundings. I, I think that his tumultuous college career can affirm that knows all right he he took the long road to get to a better spot for himself uh, as opposed to you know sticking it out or you know getting he wasn't it wasn't the closest his closest to being on the field was staying at Ohio State and just beating Haskins and all that. He took the long way around for the greater good. And I think that just shows good decision-making, you know, really is. He's got a good arm, not the best arm you'll ever see, but plenty of arm, throws from the proper stature, footwork is impeccable in my opinion, Uh, can make every throw on the field, played a very professional uh, playbook out at uh, Louisiana State. Um, I saw, I've seen him make every throw that there is, and ball placement is amazing. And I think wide receivers are going to love this guy, all receivers. Tight ends will love him over the middle. Puts the ball on you, puts the ball in front of you where you can see it and do something with it after. That's the, that is what I love the most. Okay, And LSU isn't a timing offense, but it almost ran like a timing offense because of his accuracy. Through the, he is so adept, knew the playbook so well, knew, the, knew his receivers so well. And you only get that kind of knowledge based on repetitions, reps, going through it, okay? Um, you only do that by work. There is no way to cheat the system. Again, I talked to Ryan Leaf. I've talked about a lot of people that are bigger, stronger, better arms than Joe Burrow. What he showed his senior year, though, is he got it. And he's, it's that, those attributes, being able to deliver the football in the way he does it, from the proper positioning, ball up, won't be, you know, edge rushers aren't going to come around and bat it out of his arm. Quick release. You can't see. I'm literally going to stand up doing the motions now. Uh, all of it works. All of it plays at the next level. And the fact he's going to put the ball in the exact spot that a receiver, not only it's going to save receivers – from taking on massive hits. So they don't have to wait, that little hit. They don't have to wait for the football. It's like Kurt Warner used to do. And even Mark Bolger, when they had timing offenses with Mike Marks in the back in the day, that's the kind of offense that ran. And Burrow does that instinctively. He just is is throwing it right to the spot he needs to throw. The receiver's job is to get there. It's amazing. So it's as good as you're going to see. I just can't put him down a peg. There are more, and by the way, surprising athleticism. He, he's weird. Like He's in the Albino Hall of Fame for sure, Joe Burrow. Like He's right up there with me. I, he, not very imposing. Not a guy you think can run a, at all, but uh, we saw it in the national championship game, for crying out loud, where when he needs to run and get out of the pocket, either to move the pocket around or to pick up first down, he does it. He does it just knowing where to be, and he doesn't take on hits and things like that, so – I cannot take Joe Burrow out of the number one spot. The guy I have at the number two spot, though, is my favorite prospect of the uh, of the this particular quarterback class, and that is Jordan Love. I believe Jordan Love is this year's Patrick Mahomes. I really do. And just so you guys know, the difference between if Jordan Love were to go to Kansas City and have Andy Reid as coach, sat on the bench for a whole year. I'm telling you, he would be doing the things that Patrick Mahomes would do. Now, is Jordan Love going to get the opportunity? Maybe. I think, based on pre-draft whispers, I'm worried Jordan Love's moving up a little too far. Some of these prospects, folks, don't forget, when we're talking from a fantasy, um, fantasy football perspective, and when we want to see statistics, or even if we're betting on their rookie seasons, on player props and things like that, even in that case, um, going later in the draft is actually much better, much better. You, we want great players to fall into better situations, and the later they are in the, the first, in the early rounds, the likelihood. They're going to a much better team that's more equipped to win now and for those players to to help them perform to the maximum of their ability. And I hope Jordan Love, I have a feeling. My prediction on this draft is that Jordan Love winds up on the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels gets get their Pat Mahomes. This guy has got the best arm in the draft. It ain't close. Okay makes all the throws, right? All of them. He, he, he's tall. He's 6'4". He's 225, built strong. Another guy delivers the foot. Quick release. Flick of a wrist can get it out of there. Can, has thrown on the run at different arm angles as well. Very, very polished quarterback. And for a guy who went to, what, Utah State? Didn't play a lot of great competition. The film on Jordan Love is also very uneven, right? His 2018 season, the 2019, not great. It, it did terrible for him. Unlike Joe Burrow. Don't forget, so Joe Burrow and Jordan Love had the exact same things. Jordan Love looked amazing in 2018. He really did. And then... Came back to the pack in 2019, declined in just about every statistical category, um, and some uneasy, uh, uneven performances during the regular season, in that as well. Whereas Burrow had kind of a mm, negative 2018 season and was one of the greatest college quarterback performances of all time in 2019. So you know, I, I gave it to Burrow, but Jordan Love, there's a greatness in Jordan Love. And I think we saw on his workout at, at the combine where he obviously did everything four seven four, thirty-five inch vertical, ran a four five two twenty uh uh twenty-yard shuttle, seven two one cone drill, right? He did everything, measured six four, two twenty-five, ten and a half inch hands. Oh, fumbling's not gonna be a problem. Getting hit with those hands are not gonna be a problem, you know. It, it's, it's a real big deal. Joe Burrow is nine-inch hands. Jordan Love is ten-and-a-half-inch hands. That's a lot more grip on the football. And when you're talking about weather, cold football, rain, sleet, snow, you're going to wish you had that extra inch-and-a-half to uh, grip that football and to fire it in the right spot. Uh, his workout was as impressive as anything I saw this offseason jordan love i think he's just immaculate i believe in my heart that new england is really on his heels too and with the uh, patriots have one, what are they 23rd i don't think they have another first rounder right they have a bunch of other picks um that they can move up and into a bunch of supplemental I, I wouldn't doubt if they were to move up in this draft to try to get Jordan love. So he's my number two for sure. And after those two, when it comes to quarterbacks, don't forget that if we get two of them to be regular starters for three or more seasons, that is a win for that quarterback class. Not a lot of these guys are going to make an impact, especially the later round guys that I'll talk about, but uh, I, I do have Justin Herbert third, and I am not a Justin Herbert guy. Um, supposedly, there's rumors even today, New England loves Justin Herbert, and nah, I don't believe it. That's all smoke. They love Jordan, Jordan Love, I'm sure of it, um, but Herbert, yes, I'm putting him over Tua. That, I may regret. Here's the difference, and by the way, Tua Tagliavoa is four. So 3 and 4 on my board are Herbert and Tua. Here's I think Herbert's ceiling is a lot higher than Tua. I think Tua's floor is a lot higher than Herbert's though. So it's a mix and match. If I'm an NFL team, I'm looking for a difference-making quarterback. The prize possession of every NFL draft of every NFL team. The one thing every organization should be selling out for is to get themselves a true franchise quarterback. On the Sirius XM show the other day, I identified there's 10 franchise quarterbacks in the national football league. That's it. That's there's 10 studs, if you will, difference makers that can elevate their offense, elevate their team, 10 that, and that I was generous on two of them. There's really eight. And I gave Brady, I gave Roethlisberger that even though they're old, I gave them the benefit of the doubt just because. Um, So realistically, they're eight. Then there's about eight others that are trash and bad and are replaceable. You can replace them from one guy to the next, and there's not that many. You know, we're talking about the uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's and Mike Trubisky's and, um, yes, Sam Darnold even of the world. Those are replaceable items. Everybody else is the middle, which means you could win with them, You could lose with them. It's all about the team around them. And that's the majority of the National Football League. So to win with a – let's say either Tua or Herbert, and I think Burrow and Jordan Love are the two that could be stars, absolute stars. Burrow needs to continue what he built in his senior year. Jordan Love, he needs to get in the right system with the right coach and and have the right care because he's still a developing person. He still, he still needs to learn to playbook much better. Read coverage is better, right? Once he does, if he gets a, a true technician, a McVay, an Andy Reid, a Belichick, he gets somebody like that, the world will be Jordan Love's, okay? So that's where I'm at with – that's why those two are ahead. The other two need help, and they could land in the right spot. They could not land in the same spot. If I'm drafting a team, though, I'm going with Herbert because he just brings more physical tools. Just more skills overall. Yes, he's taller, stronger. Uh, capabilities there. Much better arm. You know, Herbert is a weird kid that we've talked about for three or four years now. And never really developed at Oregon. Not to the degree we thought, I thought he would. I really didn't. He was such a prized prospect coming out of high school. that I thought he would be a lot better. Tua, here's my problem with him. When you're a left-handed quarterback, the system needs to be built around you, and you need a coaching staff that adheres to that. What you don't understand is, you know, routes run in certain areas. When I when I played quarterback, and I threw, I'm a right-hander. I was actually lefty until fifth grade, and I broke my arm so bad, my left arm, that I ended up having to do everything righty for a year. I was in a cast for nine months. That's how badly shattered. Uh, and I played, uh, played football on the concrete, tackle football the concrete. That's how I shattered my arm in five places. Um, it was in a cast and I was left-handed, I did everything. I threw lefty, wrote lefty, everything. And I learned to do everything with my right hand during that year. And I just kept doing it with my right hand after that. So I became guy who threw, I'm pretty ambidextrous though. Realistically I throw lefty, but not as well as I do already. But anyway, nobody cares about me. Um, there was a ta- but there's a tail. Me throwing an out route to the right side, nobody can touch that ball. I can place that football in an un, there's a place I get put right on the sidelines. Only my receiver can get it. You can have the tightest coverage ever because I get a little tail. It's just a little tail that goes right, a slice, if you will. And I have that and I know it. So when I'm throwing the football, I'm kind of aiming a little left so that the tail ends up right in the spot that I want it. Um, all quarterbacks have that to some degree. Some have the, the tail goes up. Some, you know, loop it. Some go down. Some go right. Some go left. Some just are low on their throws, high on their throws, right? If you go and watch quarterback spray charts, which I've seen a million times, Cam Newton misses high all the time, all the time. Go look at Josh Allen, misses high and low all the time. He can't hit – he can't throw the middle of a receiver to save his damn life. So those are the things you look for. With Tua, when you have a lefty quarterback, things have to change. The ball comes out. It spins differently. Receivers have to get used to it. It's not impossible. Steve Young was great. Michael Vick was great. Mark Brunel was great for a period of time. It's just different. All right? So right away, you need the strong right tackle to protect the blind side as opposed to the left tackle. Okay, that's something, right? The ball comes out, receivers have to get used to it. A Modern-day NFL, when veteran-wide receivers recognize coverages, when they're really good, when you get DeAndre Hopkins, and this is something to look for in Arizona, they're going to break their routes off in certain manners. And the quarterback knows that. I talk about uh, quarterback-wide receiver chemistry all the time. It's because they're in sync. They're like, all right, here, if I'm seeing – if I see cover two and they drop that linebacker back back, and it's cover three or uh, safety comes up to stop the run, they show show cover two, they move up to cover one, which is essentially man-to-man football, uh, I'm breaking off the route. Here, here's where I'm going. They're bringing pressure from the safeties or a corner comes off. Here's where I'm going to be. The the receiver knows – quarterback knows where to deliver the football, where the receiver's going to be. Receivers have to break out in a different way. And a lot of times they go to the arm side of the quarterback, right? Now, NFL is a high level of football. It's not always arm side. Sometimes they go. But you're not going to have – if you get flushed, a a right-handed quarterback gets flushed, you break your route back to his throwing side. That's what you – everybody knows that. And that's different for a left-handed quarterback. Again, it's not impossible. It's not even that hard. It's just different. Tua doesn't have great size. He's six one. A little over six I don't think he's quite six one. Um, but a little undersized there. His he doesn't have a good arm. He doesn't. It, it off it constantly gets said that these quarterbacks have great arms because they throw the deep ball in college well. Well, deep ball in college, when you have Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and against College corners and safeties, and all you're doing, go look at the film to it. lost the ball, he lofts it up. NFL corners are, and safeties are going to be there, they're going to get to that ball. You're not going to outrun them just because you have amazing talent at wide receiver. That's not going to happen. So, that element isn't there. He doesn't throw through the targets, he's accurate and he's efficient. I think. If I'm building a system for Tua Tagliavoa, he is going to be in a West Coast offense that is run-based, likely a zone-running situation where you could utilize RPOs. Oh, that's another uh, a negative on Tua is that, you know, he does have the hip injury. And I get Trent Dilfer wants to tell us how – He looks better and he's faster than he's ever been. Every medical report there's been, every single solitary one of them, I'm sorry, Roll Tide fans, I'm sorry. Every medical report says not only is this going to affect his short-term in 2020 ability to run and to throw the football, it's going to affect him later in his career as well. That's the negative. Listen. Is and any of this make him undraftable? Absolutely not, absolutely not. He also go look at the way he throws the football. By the way, I want everybody to do that also because you know it's one thing to be left-handed; it's another thing to throw like it's a shot put. Right? The look at his palm guiding the football. It is the weirdest throwing motion you'll see, and. It's not a good throwing motion. It, it's a very soft, it's a touch throwing motion, right? He, he throws with a lot of touch. And, you know, one of the complaints, I'll talk about a guy here in a little bit, one of the uh, quarterbacks I love in this draft that won't get drafted. Now, one of the uh, scouting reports I read on it was on him, was Like oh, he doesn't play with enough touch. And I'm like, yep, well, that's what I love about him. I love Kyle's quarterbacks. Love college quarterbacks that don't have touch. It is absolutely my favorite thing. So there you go. I think you know his windup is a little sloppy too. Um, comes out sort of from a look at where he throws from that left side. Okay, the arm is low. He's six one, but he doesn't throw from a six one or high arm angle. Arm comes through over the top but it really is low and again defensive end edge rushers come around they saw at that ball the ball is right in their wheelhouse okay so those are it's it's all little things with Tua personality fantastic smart quarterback you know knows where his players are supposed to be on the football field knows where the can identify coverage rather well also but it's a lot of little things there uh with him certain routes that i don't like deep balls are great Does, timing routes not great slants he seems to shy away from an open slant route quite a bit you know we'll throw it in front of the linebackers but is really timid to throw that slant over the linebackers and under the safeties and that's where you got to have balls you just you got to have such confidence to deliver that football and i didn't see it at Alabama. I just didn't. I saw him shy away from it, and he made big plays with it, but he... I'm of the belief that he made those big plays as a result of having superior talent around him, including what, four offensive linemen that have been or will be drafted in the first two rounds of National Football League the last three years. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. So Tua is fourth on my board, and that's really where it drops off. And then we get into projects. And I have been really tinkering. These guys are all close together. But I have Jake Fromm fifth. Ugh. I love Jake Fromm. And I hate Jake Fromm. He bothers me. I loved thing. I loved watching him at Georgia. I really did. I think he, at times, looks the part of a franchise quarterback, a guy who can go out there and elevate. Um, physically, again, Jake Fromm's the guy that when he walks into the room, you're going to be like, yeah, he's a starting quarterback in the national football. League." There's no doubt about it. Then he does some things where he seems to wait too long. He wants things to be handed to him. He wants Receivers, I talked about Tua not being able or being timid to throw above uh, linebackers and under safeties. Jake Fromm's very similar in that regard and doesn't have the arm to do it. Yeah, I'm not a, I don't mind the throwing style of Jake Fromm nearly as much as I don't think he's got good arm talent. I, he doesn't have a big arm, right? Ball there's a certain yard line where it starts losing velocity and Jake Fromm seems to be 10 yards out real 10 yards. You zip it in like anybody, but uh, you start putting him 20 yards in the, in weather, the ball fades on him. It slows on him. So, and he's not as accurate when you don't have that kind of velocity and you're not pinpoint on your accuracy. It gets uh, it, it becomes a problem. Good leader, strong physically, can move around, you know, sort of very, very calm in the pocket, good demeanor, all that, but, um, can't run, you know, you could do some RPOs with him, but probably not the best system for him. Another guy that kind of needs that West coast, get the ball out quickly, can hit it. You know, when he goes deep, he, he can hit it. Um, He could deliver the deep ball, but, again, not with the velocity that you see at the second level. I do have him fifth for the time being. Jalen Hurts is sixth out of Oklahoma, and uh, Jalen Hurts is another guy who needs the system to flourish, okay? Now, I thought Jalen Hurts got screwed at Alabama personally. He struggled in the national championship game, and that kind of just was it for him. I think the way he handled himself, another, a very similar to in that, that regard. Like he did, he took the road less traveled and he did it with class and he did it with dignity and not a first, <laughs> not first, but he, he got there and he's just a winner. He's the guy the locker room rallies around. He's a, you know, he's not necessarily a vocal guy, and it's not his he's not even his own biggest advocate, you know. You kind of wish it Jake Fromm's swagger with Jalen Hurts body and ability. That I would love. Right? That I, I would love a lot. But he, you know, still 6'2, 225, you know, um, got all the characteristics, ran a four five nine to combine. So he's perfect in an RPO type system. He's not athletic, as athletic as Lamar Jackson. Or guys like that, it, it it would be very hard. Jalen Hurts is kind of Brett Hundley. Brent Hundley Hunley. is not bad. Then he he started a couple of games for the Packers. Like he'll get some time, you know. Though, but he's going to be a backup quarterback in the league, and he'll be backup in a system. You know, he can come in, give you some athleticism moved the chains in a small variety. You know, at Oklahoma, everybody Oklahoma, whether it's Mayfield, Kyler, Hurts, these guys all were just bangers because they had amazing wide receivers, great offensive line, threw the ball deep, used that uh, that uh, Oklahoma offense, and just you know, demolished. Within it, and did very you know very well in that system. Um, so Jalen Hurts is sixth. Steven Montez of Colorado is my number seven on the board. Montez is another guy I thought would improve his stock. Uh, guy who does walk into the building and looks the the point. You know, Ideal size, 6'4", 240. A uh, little bit thicker, stronger. Um, what I liked about Montez is he wasn't scared ever, right? He was never afraid to deliver the football. There were a couple of cringe moments, though, for sure, on this Colorado tape where he threw into tight coverage. I'm like, ooh, ballsy. And then he threw a terrible ball behind his receiver, ahead of his receiver. So, definitely not an accurate guy. Okay. Um, Definitely one of those. He's a one read quarterback. And I I think there's a couple of them. I think, um, I think Fromm is like that. To two not like that's a plus on Tua's side. Tua will look down a couple until he finds the, the, what he likes, which is good. And I mean, that's a better trait to have than a guy who has to sit on his primary route because smart corners and safeties will sit on what the, they know what the quarterback likes. When you get enough film, like just like I know some of these quarterbacks I've watched in college and I didn't even watch a lot of college football during the year. This is all tape study. After the fact, I could tell you what certain guy like, I like I said with Tua uh, and um, and From as well, I can tell you what they like and don't like just by watching. You think that corners, safeties, and defense coordinators can't? Of course they can. And Montez is a one read. I'm throwing this ball. I'm waiting for the play to develop. I'm I'm watching it rip. Okay, so you know, got a great arm. There's no doubt about that. Um, does he have the film study? I don't know that much about him as far as what kind of makeup or background he has. I know the background, but I don't know, you know, great family. Alfred Montez is a, a kid or uh, his dad uh, that was basketball champion and all this other kind of stuff uh, and uh, played at Texas tech. But um, yeah, you know, I don't know as far as classroom activity, intelligence wise, didn't see quite as much out of Montez as I'd like. But uh, a, a guy who – he's not the West Coast offense. He's the guy you want throwing the football down the field. You, you want him pushing it. You know, um, Deshaun Watson without that kind of mobility or, and swagger kind of thing. You know, you, you need him throwing deeper, um, deeper routes down the field, challenging those safeties, setting up underneath stuff, giving some room just by arm strength alone. My number eight, eight is one of my favorites. And it's a player that on SiriusXM earlier this week, I dared you guys, I said, go out and try it. I dare you to go Google this because that's the thing. Nobody is going to be able to find information on Riley Neal the way I can. I found Riley Neal Vanderbilt, and I like it. I really do like Riley Neal. He was a three-year starter at Ball State. He transferred to Vanderbilt uh, for his senior year. Solid, not spectacular season at Vandy. Um, Very, But I love the footwork. Again, looks the part of a quarterback. 6'6", 225, great. But he throws the ball from a high point. Ball's coming out you know, well over offensive and defensive linemen, um, you know, going to th- go through the arms of linebackers. So he's going to throw right through them. He's got tons of arm, very good arm talent, could make the throws. In college, like you see so much college tape with guys dropping it in the bucket like Tua and Fromm and these kind of guys that when you see uh, a, a kid like Riley Neal fire the ball, that the target, he's, tra- he's not trying to hit the target. Trying to break the target. You need that kind of velocity, and you need to deliver the football every single time when you're in the National Football League. You have to. You cannot afford to loft it, to let it spin on you, let the wind hit it. One second, a split second, the ball gets batted down, corners get to it, pick it off, go the other way, deflected by a safety that comes in. Whatever it is. This is a kid that can develop. Okay. I love presence in the pocket, stands tall, feet are very quiet. Okay. But he can run. He ran for what, seven touchdowns, 1,300 yards at Ball State while he was there. So he can run too. So if you're moving him from the edges, he could step up, run right through the pocket. He can go around. You can do zone read concepts and things like that with Riley Neal also. I like this kid a great deal. He's not going to get drafted. Nobody talks about him whatsoever. But I'm looking and sorting through this absolute cesspool down in the, you know, after we get to the top four or five quarterbacks in this class, just like every class, let's be honest. He's the guy that I say there may be something here. He may develop, be a quality backup quarterback or possibly – even a starter, um, someday. So, Riley Neal, uh, one of my favorites there. Um, uh, ninth, uh, Jacob Easton from Washington. There are others that you either love him or you hate him. I don't really feel much of anything towards Jacob Easton. Uh, another kid got all the, um, all the, the size, you know, 6'6", 230, the whole deal. He's got the bloodlines. Tony Eason played in the Super Bowl. Notre Dame guy was uh, – um, New England Patriot played in the Super Bowl there as well. So, uh, you know, it's just a uh, uh, talented kid. You could tell he does a lot of – he's got a lot of polish to Jacob Eason. He's got arm talent to absolutely spare He is um, not as athletic, you know, as you think. He puts the ball up top, I have a feeling. Um, Teams love him, though. Played out of the shotgun a lot at Washington as well. Want to see – would like to see more stuff under center, more quick drops. Seems like he needs a long runway to deliver the football by long runway – seven step drop, like go back further. And if you have a shitty offensive line, those seven step drops from college, that's not going to work. Right. That's not going to work for you. So they offset that with him playing a lot of, uh, a lot of um, shotgun in college. So, uh, but good to play action. You know, like I said, stands upright, sees the field, feet, awareness, that is all good. Great arm talent. He's got the, the play action is fantastic with him selling the play action pass. Those little attributes will get him drafted. Jacob eason's going to be drafted somewhere. It'll be late, you know, for maybe, maybe that's Belichick's guy in the fifth round, sixth round. Who knows? But um, there's something to like there and, and not a bad – project type quarterback at that point as well. And then my final, my number 10, it, it tried to get as many small school kids in here as possible. It's really hard to do these days, but I'm a James Morgan fan. And also a Captain Morgan fan. If you know what I mean? Huh? Uh, dude can, th- he can sling it. Um, just really unafraid. will deliver the football wherever he needs to Um am not afraid of taking hits he um makes plays in a small school by the way Florida International um as well he's starting to get some run though he's had a very good good workout very good postseason run as well um you know but um yeah like lots of like out of James Morgan from Florida International um just looks like he's more polished than you'd expect from a smaller school kid. Feet are fantastic. He is going to run a lot, but, uh, mm. it's Trubisky, I guess. Nah, Trubisky probably a little more athletic than, uh, than Morgan is. But again, he looks like he should have been a division one kid. Um, And he he looks like he should have been in a bigger school. Uh, Looks like he should have been a Big Ten school, really. I I can't remember where he's from. But um, I I should have opened my notes for this. But, uh, yeah, I I like him a lot. Um, I I think he's uh, somewhat of a gunslinger in that he's going to – oh, he's not afraid to take shots, you know. He's not afraid to throw into coverage. He Another one that steps through the ball. You guys will see. My evaluation on quarterbacks, I need to deliver it through the target. I can't watch drop the ball in the bucket type quarterback. I don't – it just doesn't play at the next level. So, um, all the guys on my list essentially are players that will throw it, throw the ball through the target, will throw on the run, will – you know, fire it, let the receiver pluck the ball out of their hands instead of trying to drop it into the bucket. Cause when you when we talk about wide receivers here in a few days, one of my biggest concerns when I'm watching film on wide receivers, can they catch with their hands? You would be surprised how many even the NFL receivers that cannot catch with their hands. They need their body behind them. It's the weirdest thing ever. My nine-year-old's the same way. And I'm trying to teach him, as any good coach would. You got to learn to catch with your hands, whether it's baseball or football. Don't let the ball come back to you. Don't let your body be a backdrop. It's like shooting baskets in basketball. And hey, look at me! I'm I'm banking my free throws like uh, with the NBA horse game that was over the weekend. Yeah, that's not going to work for a long time. Eventually, you got to hit the the bottom of the net. Like you got to swish it. Like that's what you need to be doing. And NFL wide receivers the same way. So quarterbacks deliver the football so that the better receivers can pluck it, boom, out of the air and run, boom, boom, boom. So that they don't have to wait, catch the ball, let it kind of bounce off their chest, secure it, then make a move. Those one or two seconds is the differential between run after the catch um, or just the ball bouncing and getting hit and then dropping it after the hit as well. Those things are what is ultra important. And again, We'll assess that even more so when we start talking about wide receivers. So there you go. Those are my top 10 quarterbacks for the NFL draft in 2020. What do you guys think? At Jeff underscore Manns, the Jeff Manns on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and, of course, my new favorite over on TikTok. Find my rankings and all of our consensus rankings, breakdown player profiles, live chat room, live streams, podcasts, articles, everything at fantasyguru dot com. That's gonna do it for episode number 12. Appreciate you guys downloading it and listening. Oh, I gave you almost an hour and a half. Look at that. Didn't even know. I start talking football and it just goes. It's crazy like that. Um if you guys could tell a friend, uh would really appreciate that to tell a friend, download it, um, rate it, review, leave your commentary. If it's negative, it's negative. I can handle it. It doesn't, it's not gonna, you know, if you just want me to fail, hey, at least say it, right? whatever it has to be. But, um, you know, the more positive, the more downloads we get, the more of these we can start cranking out and everything else. So uh, please tell a friend and uh, continue to download it and subscribe, rate and review and all that good stuff. Again, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans. You've heard the other social media outlets. I'm going to leave you with that. All right, folks, another edition of one man's opinion. You may disagree and that's okay. Why? Because this is. One man's a pit. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.